0: Welcome in on a Monday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. What a weekend. What a good weekend. I mean, even without Packer football, it was still a good weekend. No Packers, no Badgers. Packers still uh, kind of reeling after the uh, butt kicking they took on uh, Thursday night. But in the meantime, uh, I, I have to admit, I expected nothing and I got nothing. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about coming up here in just a minute. Uh, but a pretty good weekend. Weather-wise, it was spectacular. Had a really good time. Uh, a couple of different things we did on Friday and Saturday. And then uh, had some friends and such here uh, all day yesterday. So a uh, good weekend. And uh, obviously the, uh, the Sunday night game was a hit. Big, uh, I, I gotta admit, uh, we got to admit, we're going to deal with surprises today in the NFL. Uh, a lot of things over the weekend, you start to look and you start to see how seasons are starting to take shape. And we've got good surprises and bad surprises in the NFL. We've got, uh, we can already start to kind of uh, handicap the uh, MVP race in the NFL. We're going to handicap and take a look at uh, the Brewers getting ready for the Diamondbacks coming in tomorrow night to American Family Field. Damian Lillard was introduced to the, uh, to the masses uh, as there was a pretty good crowd down by the Fiserv Forum uh, this past weekend on Saturday as uh, he was introduced and greeted by the mayor as he came into town. So a lot of good stuff. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, or Grant Bill's producing the program at Wisco Grant. You can find him there and in plenty of ways to pay attention to the show. Uh, and also, speaking of the Brewers, you got an answer which was very, it just left you hanging out of Craig Council. If you haven't uh, haven't read yet or heard it yet, uh, when asked about, hey, uh, the New York Mets may be looking for a manager now that David Stearns is there. And he didn't say yes or no or anything. He said, I'm saying the same thing I've been saying. It's, you know, right now I'm just worried about, you know, what's coming up. And, uh, you know, something special can happen. And I, I'm paraphrasing, but basically, you know, we could do something really special. We could change some lives here. Why would I think about anything else right now? And for the most part, he's right. But very cryptic, very cryptic. Grant, Bill's how was the how was the officiating of the wedding this weekend?
1: Oh, it was fantastic. I was a little nervous, Bill. Not gonna lie, but I, I settled in. The ceremony I think was about why were you 10 nervous? Minutes. Well, it was like two hundred people there. There's a lot of folks oh, there, Bill. Okay. You know, we're on the the whole state, but I'm in a studio by myself. I don't have to look right. those people in right. the eye. Uh, gotcha. So first minute or so, maybe needed to catch my breath a bit, but I, I thought it was real nice. It was a great wedding, and we were in Lacrosse on Thursday and Friday. That was a blast. So I, I had yep. like four weekends in one. It felt like.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, I man, it was. It sucked because I had people sending me pictures from Oktoberfest, and it was just. I just wanted to be there, and I we just couldn't. Uh, by the time I would have gotten there, I couldn't do much on Friday and such, and I, you know, yada yada. But it was. uh it, it looked like it was a fun time. It always is, but the weather was spectacular. Yeah. Right? I mean, you guys had
1: great weather on that side of the state. It was it was beautiful. And Ebo in the morning show, they were at Sloopies for the Golden Can on right. Friday morning. And a lot of people came out to see Ebo and Nelson. But really, most of the people were there to see Eric on I-90, who made an appearance in the 6 o'clock hour. Who's oh, one geez. of our, our frequent callers.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason they showed up. Well, you know, that and,
1: well, there was a lot of beer to be drank. Okay, I was
0: going to say, yeah. Okay. He wasn't
1: the only reason that, you know. Yeah. I don't know about that, but yeah, it was a good time. Okay. It was a blast. And and you were missed. People were asking about you. I can't
0: remember. Uh, was the, uh, God, his name escapes me. Who is the guitar player that plays there every year?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Doc Rock has been doing it forever. Doc uh, it Rock. It was a different guy, much. but it was, you know, the same old songs and the same hits. And it gets okay. rowdy in there. So Doc 5 Rock wasn't there. What happened to Doc Rock? I don't know. Maybe his services, maybe some other place gave him more money. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's, he's
0: been doing that since Moses was a baby bringing two by twos <laughs> over on the ark. I right. mean, you know, come on.
1: Yeah, I know also. what you mean. The, wow. the guy did sing Margaritaville, though, and I, I got a kick. Out OK, that. yeah,
0: I have God uh, speaking of that. So uh, if you don't know the story or if you've already heard it, I apologize. But um, Kristen had recently bought a new car. I don't do you know the story about the margarita maker? I don't think so. Did I tell you this? No. So, um. Kristen bought a new car. Uh, her car started acting up, and it just rolled 100,000 miles, and she's one of these people that freak out. Like, 100,000, got to get rid of it. Got to get rid of it. So she bought a new car. And when she bought a new car um, at this particular dealership, they open up like a vault. Okay? It's kind of like when you you know used to open up a checking account you got a toaster. So she got a, a pretty nice car. Um, she got the new job and all that kind of stuff. So she's like, I can afford a little bit more. So she bought a really nice car. And they opened up the vault. And it's kind of a long story, but when she was looking at this new car, she wanted me to look at it and go over it with her. And it was right the two days before the motorcycle ride. And I was up to my eyeballs and busy. I mean, I just, and I was, I even told her, I'm like, I just, I can't do this. And she just begged me and finally I said, okay, I'll come down. We'll take a drive around. So we ended up driving like three cars and the whole thing. And it took, it took my whole night and it really put me behind the eight ball, but I know she needed it. So I, I, I did it. So, for her to say thank you, she, when they opened up the prize vault, there was a lot of stuff in there that she could have chose, like iPads and all that kind of stuff. But in the back, on the back of the shelf, gleaming at her, she said it was like a little light up back there, was a Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville margarita maker. And I've always wanted one. I just could never bring myself to buy one because they're not cheap. And so, she, she got that for free. So, yesterday, oh, by the way, the very next day she got it, the very next day, Jimmy Buffett died. So, it was like the irony of it all, right? So yesterday when we had the gathering of uh, of all our friends, it was the the kind of what they call a summer round robin Sunday fun day where everybody hosted one. This is the last one of the year. And because I traveled so much, we couldn't do it until this weekend. So anyway, um, first time I had ever used one of those things. Those things
1: are awesome. Speaking of drinking. Oh, yeah.
0: Awesome. It's the Have you Cadillac. Ever
1: had one? Do you use one? Well, my roommates in college had one because their their parents, I lived with a bunch of parrot yeah. heads who were raised by parrot heads in college and their parents had an extra. So we had a, an official Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville margarita maker in our college. The thing was probably oh, worth wow. more than our college house, to be honest, because right. we lived in a dump. Right. Oh, yeah, but it's the Cadillac of margarita makers.
0: Now, if you get the really big one, um, that that's a whole other thing deal but um i we don't have the big one we got the mid one and uh my god that thing was awesome so sat out ba- yesterday when speaking of the weather the weather was my god it was what 84 degrees and sunny and we 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 are we, the theme for our event was supposed to be here comes fall and it, <laughs> it was like no here's the here's summer hanging on like grim death and so we sat out back yesterday at the tiki bar, and just the sun went down. It got a little bit of a cool breeze. Sat by the fire pit. I mean, it was just spectacular, spectacular day yesterday. But like I was saying, I did uh, miss everybody out in uh, out, out in Lacrosse. However, we are going to be back. Uh, we're going to be back for Oktoberfest, But more so than anything, coming up in, in the next two months, we're going to be back to Lacrosse because we are now putting on the schedule and finishing the schedule finally finishing the schedule for the huddles. So I got to get a hold of our friends at nuts deep too. Uh, they got some bars up in rice Lake. We got some places out in lacrosse, obviously in Biroqua. So for our affiliates, uh, out there that uh, have gotten in touch with us, we're, we're finalizing the schedule just because I had to make sure of some travel things. So we're going to, we're going to be out and about. So looking forward to it. Um, the yesterday, the fact that the brewers shut out the Cubs and put the emphatic stamp on their season, was spectacular it was it was awesome okay we sat we had the game on last uh, out here yesterday and had football on on the tvs and all that stuff so we it was just like a whole plethora of sports and music and drinking and fun and but i woke up today and i thought this is really weird it's exactly what i expected i'm not getting anything now remember the video i did a couple of weeks ago when i declared the cubs dead And I said, fly the L, bitches, because they were so obnoxious and so in your face. And here we come, and we're going to do it. And I said, no, you're not. No, you're not. Not going to happen. And then when the Brewers won, and there were six games up on the Cubs, and I could see the Cubs beginning to fade, I said, you're done. That's it. Brewers have won the division, and the Cubs are done. Fly the L. And Cubs fans were just obnoxious going, we're going to get into the wild card. We're going to knock you out. I said, no, you're not. No, you're not. You may get in, but you're not going to knock them out. No, you're not. And then the Brewers uh, beat them two out of three times over the weekend to basically knock them out. I did not get one. Not one. From the loudmouth, obnoxious, jerk face Cub fans, not one. You were right. Not one. Not, nothing. Nothing at all. Not one to say, well, okay, you, you got me on that one. Or I, I, I saw it coming. I could just feel it in my bones. Sometimes you can't explain why. You just go with your gut. Not one Cub fan, not one of you obnoxious SOBs had the balls to turn around and go, you were right. Not one of you. So I take a great pleasure today in saying that the Cubs are nowhere in in the postseason. Uh, The Bears couldn't suck anymore if they had to. Uh, You are just mired in the doldrums of crap
1: at all. So I, I'm taking great pleasure in that today. Do you think Just Cubs fans are more bummed today about their Cubs or what their Bears did yesterday? Yes. <laughs> Chicago had a rough weekend.
0: <laughs> the, the Bears um, are awful. I mean, they played a little better, don't get me wrong, but they got jacked up about going toe-to-toe with a horrific Denver Broncos football team. And still, Justin Fields makes the mistake that cost them the game. It just – it's it it's a dumpster fire. And now you, you, Chase Claypool isn't even uh, – he's not even a no-show. He's just – then they stepped it back and they said, wait a minute. We told him that if he didn't want to come, not to come. No, he he's quit. Chase Claypool doesn't want to be a part of it. Uh, the, if you caught any of his presser on Friday when he was asked about how he feels like he's being used and do you feel like your talents or something like that are being utilized, whatever it was – it's like this just silent, heavy pause. And he just looks at the cameraman and he goes, no. And that was it. And th- then he just doesn't show up. Doesn't show up for the game. So they got all kinds of problems. Their defensive coordinator walks away. Chase Claypool's walking away. It's It's awful. It's awful down there. It's a dumpster fire, and I take a lot of pleasure in it. It's almost, there was a meme today of this bear, of an actual bear. Sitting like in front of bleachers and looking sad, and this this was probably taken I don't know how many years ago, whatever. But it's in front of these bleachers, and this bear's looking sad, and it says, you know, Chicago disappointing their fans since whatever year it was. But the picture of the sad bear made me feel bad for Bears fans, like it 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 did for a moment, and then I went, oh yeah, that's right, they're the most obnoxious people on the face of the earth. So it it was it, it from second it made me sad, but and then I realize I'm like, no, these are the loud jerk faced people that scream and yell. And then when nothing's accomplished, they just very much cower away. Just cower, just goodbye. I'm just going to cower away. Can't admit they're wrong, just cower away. And then they'll come back and they'll scream at you all over again. So um, I get the sense that, and Pac fan, you're right. We were talking about this. Uh, I was talking with a buddy of mine this morning that at what point do the Bears just start making changes? and he says the Bears are going to fire Iberflus and end up hiring Harbaugh and then draft Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. with the first two picks in the draft, and they're all of a sudden going to be back on the map if they figure out how to how to u- utilize those two and build a defense because their defense is not that good right now either. But, yeah, they'll be back eventually, but they are now in the the dead nuts Caleb, Hill, Caleb Williams hunt. There's no doubt about it. At at 0-4, they're terrible, terrible football team but I took a lot of pleasure in it over the weekend. So, uh, that being said, today we start to look at the surprises in the NFL. And the Bears are one of them, because I thought the Bears would be better. And I'm, I'm not shocked, but I'm this, this is really, really, really bad. But teams that are bad, that should have been good, and teams we didn't think would be good, that kind of are. We'll get into all that coming up. we got Brewers uh, stuff going on with the Brewers getting ready for the Arizona Diamondbacks. A little bit of a light workout today at American Family Field. And uh, then they get ready for the postseason tomorrow. 608 first pitch uh, down at American Family Field, and looking forward to that. Uh, God, I got some offer too. A friend of ours offered us some tickets and said, "Hey, you guys want to come with us?" And I, I got a meeting tomorrow. I'm like crap. I, we so I can't go, and I'm just so disappointed. I hope they still have tickets throughout the rest of the postseason. Maybe I can go to a game. But yeah, I wanted to go so bad tomorrow, but I can't. I got a meeting. Uh, but that being said, so the Brewers are getting ready. And then Damian Lillard is in town and getting acclimated to his uh, new teammates, his new head coach, the facilities, uh, Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, 877-867-1670, you got something to say? Say it, bring it. We'd love to hear from you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and at Pella. They have not only uh, premium windows, but premium doors as well. And the patio doors, the sliding doors, the door entryway systems, they have all of that. In addition to that, they also uh, will give you beautification for your home, and the curb appeal sets the price a little bit higher. They'll add value to your home, obviously, when people start to go through it and you start to get it appraised, a lot higher. And then as you continue on, it also gives you more economical factors when it comes to uh, keeping the cold out in the wintertime and uh, the heat in, and vice versa, come summertime. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, just a game changer when you put them in your home. Go to PellaWI.com. That's Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, or call them 855-PELLA-W-I for your free in-home consultation. Take advantage of that. It's free. They'll come over. They'll tell you what it's going to cost, give you the choices, whether you go with a budget-friendly vinyl or impervia or wood windows, doesn't matter. They've got a bunch of different lines to help you out, Every something for everybody and every budget. That's the best part about it. That's our friends at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, Jan Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com.
1: 6.99 APR for 120 months. starting supplies and showroom for details. Offers at 1031
0: Welcome back. Good to have you. Got our buddy Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette coming up a little bit later on today. About an hour and ten minutes from now, we'll talk with him about what he saw on Thursday night. Joe Barry and Stenovich, the uh, offensive and defensive coordinators for the Packers, just spoke. You're going to hear from them coming up here in just a little bit. So we got that going on. And uh, looking forward to that. Um, Joe Barry. And you're going to want to hear this, says, we can and we will play better run defense. Um, You are really close to the unemployment line, Joe. Just an FYI. I mean, it just just is. Your run defense with all this talk about the talent and first-round draft choices and all of that, it's garbage. Garbage. And everybody sees it. You are on your way to the unemployment line. You will be fired either at midpoint of the season or uh, at the end of the year. No doubt about it. Because what you're doing is now, it's not all Joe because some of the players have played bad. You've had opportunities. You can't catch a ball to save your life. You can't pick one off. They're not getting fumbles. They're not getting. They're not raking the ball. And when it comes to run defense, you don't know how to set the edge. You don't know how to play your zones. I mean, all you know. There, there's just there's some bad things going on. But it starts at the top and the guys supposed to lead you. And at this point, uh, I was asked uh, uh, over the weekend. Um, you know, hey, would you start this guy or that guy? I said, you know what, you're losing. You're giving up over 200 yards rushing a game. I'd start anybody because nobody's job is safe when you're that bad, right? When you're that bad, when you're that pathetic, when you can't, when you don't even have the wherewithal and the mental fortitude to be tough enough to tackle, you're that bad. It starts at the top and trickles down. It's, it's, it's bad. And when you know it's coming and you can't do anything about it, and we were supposed to be this staunch front where it was going to start in the trenches and trickle out, and it just hasn't consistently. There has been times where it's, it's been pretty good, and then there's other times where it just nothing. It just doesn't happen. So, can't wait to hear what Joe's, Joe's going to say. What kind of scintillating, deep, philosophical conversation Joe Barry is going to give to explain the unbelievably craptastic shortcoming of this defense. I
1: was listening because to a re- little bit of the presser on the way in, uh, yeah, Bill, and he. one of the other great quotes was, it's not just one thing. There's a lot of issues on a lot of different plays because they asked him to sum mm-hmm. up the, the run defense. Yeah. I'm like, Joe, I don't think that's a good thing, man. That's that's not, yeah. it's not good.
0: <laughs> We're bad across the board. Yeah, you are. Hey, Joe, when they're going to run the football, why are you pulling an extra defensive lineman off and going a nickel? Just throwing it out there. Just wanted to know. And leaving the middle open? Just wanted to know. Uh, the other, eventually, you're now again, you're a quarter into the season. You've given up two games in which they've had exactly 211 yards rushing against you. And you kept saying, and by you, I mean Brian Goodikens, but during this, during the offseason, remember, he kept saying, oh, no, the talent's there, the talent's there, the talent's there. Because if he said, no, the talent's not there, then he's got to look himself in the mirror. But now you got to start to say, is the talent there? Is the talent really there? You know, could they have, say, gotten a Vic Fangio to come in and be a lot better? Or did they just hang on to Joe to hang on to Joe? And is that the boat anchor that is going to take Matt LaFleur down in a somewhat ugly start to the season? Now, this this team could be one touchdown away from being one and three. They could be a, a field goal away from being three and one. You know, I mean, it's 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 that final line. So you have to understand that. and You kind of understand where you're at in the process. But some of this stuff that you see is not Jordan Love related. It's bad coaching. It's bad positioning. It's guys not doing their job. Where is it, where, where do you where, where does that start? You know, are you not showing them the proper placement or where they're supposed to be? Do they not understand it? Are they not getting it? Or do they just flat out not have the mental intestinal fortitude to be able to play a balls-out defense? A tough guy, I'm going to smash you in the mouth defense. And this was the other discussion on Thursday night, and Grant, I know you weren't here, but when was the last time the Packers had a I'm going to punch
1: you in the face defense? 2010. I was thinking about this last night, Bill. I was literally thinking about this last night. I'm like, when is the last time that I actually felt confident that this defense could kick anybody's ass? And I'm like, uh, yeah. not, not 2015, not 2020. I, like, I just, year after year after year, it really was 2010 with Clay Matthews and Woodson, and they, they just had a different attitude. I think they've had talent since then. Maybe not talent that's been as good, but I truly think it's been since the Super Bowl team, since a defense for the Packers was the aggressor and and not the unit that was always playing on its heels.
0: I never saw Charles Woodson as a defensive back run away from a tackle. I've seen Jair and Valentine both run away cowardly from a tackle. I've never seen that out of Charles Woodson. Never saw it out of Nick Collins. I have seen guys on this team run away from tackles. And that's concerning. Now, some people will say, "Well, I don't want him getting hurt in there." Then don't play football. Don't play football, because that's that's what you do. You're a defender, <laughs> you know. And so I, I but I, I, you're right. I've never, I never saw Charles Woodson run away from a tackle. Never saw it. You had Nick Collins back there. Tremon Williams never ran away from a tackle. A young Sam Shields that I saw didn't run away from a tackle. You had, I mean, the year you won the Super Bowl, it was a a defense very opportunistic on takeaways. It wasn't a defense that was going to punch you in the mouth, but it was a defense that was very smart and fast and could get after you and force you into turnovers and force you into mistakes. And that's what they were good at. But they were also stout up front. They also had that ability to be disruptive with Cullen Jenkins and Ryan Pickett and BJ Rosley and CJ Wilson and Howard Green. They had big bodies they rotated in. And Dom Capers used to love it just to set it. as long as I've got five big heavy bodies, I can just go grind on you up front. Bring the bring the defenders on the outside and then you've got a good rover over the middle middle linebacker with one good one good safety and or corner. I'll 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 give you everything. And I just th- they don't have that. I think Devontae Wyatt is is solid. I think Quay Walker's really starting to come on. He just has to, you know, stop the mental mistakes. And everybody wants to yell at him for jumping over the center, and I agree it was a stupid thing to do. But I can't ignore the tackles that guy's making all over the field. He's he's everywhere. Um Darnell Savage has got to be better. Jair's gotta find his way to the field. And I, I just I I can't remember the last time I saw some of these some of these defensive backs just lay wood to somebody and become just, I'm not saying an intimidator, but tough. And yeah, so I this whole thing about oh, it's really talented and it's the scheme, and I don't even know if it's talented. I think you gotta publicly start questioning whether or not there's even that much talent over there. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. We're going to hear from Joe Barry and Adam Stenovich coming up here in a little bit. Also, about an hour from now, we're going to hear from, um, we're going to hear from uh, Eric Branchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He's going to be here as well, so stick around for all of that good stuff there. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got a lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Bill Michaels show. This portion brought to you by our friends. Uh, got a nice note from Brett, uh, one of our uh, you know viewers over on YouTube, who said uh, I had a chance to go down to the Nice Ash over the weekend and a uh, really nice place, enjoyed it. Uh, great. I'm glad uh, you got a chance to go see it. Good. Uh, we went down. What night did we go down there? Saturday? I think it was Saturday night. We stopped down late. And they had a band in there. Oh, my God, were they good. Oof. Um, Livewire. Livewire was the name of the band. Wow, were they good. Really good band. Had a great time down there. Went to dinner at the, uh, the Copper Dock out near Holy Hill. And then ended up stopping down to Nice Ash for One before heading home. And, man, did they have a good band in there. Good music on the weekends. Good, good stuff. By the way, for those that are questioning Quay Walker, I just wanted to give you a little bit of uh stuff here. Uh out of every linebacker inside and outside in the National Football League, he is ranked 28th overall. He is ranked 28th overall. He is really good in coverage. His run defense leaves a lot to be desired. I will give you that. A lot to be desired. He not uh, not much when it comes to um when it comes to his, uh, as a matter of fact, where does he rank? Um, Quay Walker ranks 28th in run defense. 28th overall, 28th in run defense, ranks much ha- higher in coverage. 78.4% in coverage. His pass rush is nil uh, at 53%. His uh, run defense is 584 Um. He has had. Let's see here. I'm just kind of looking here. His tackle average much higher, as a matter of fact. In 204 snaps, 200. Excuse me, 267 snaps. I was looking at. Uh, I was looking at Jordan Hicks. 267 snaps, 124 in the run. Uh, Pass rush, 18 snaps where he's actually rushed the passer, and he's dropped into coverage 125 times so far this season, but he ranks
1: 28th overall in all linebackers in total coverage. Well, Bill, Joe Barry this morning got asked by Tom Silverstein, and I thought it was a great question. Coy Walker had, what, 19, 20 tackles? Is that a good thing? Yeah. And Joe Barry, he didn't really give a great answer, and I I can't wait to get Joe Barry audio from Mike Clements at at some point, because Joe Barry said, well, I never want to discount a a great performance of 20 tackles, and then he just kind of left it at that. But is that a good thing, that he racks up all that tackles? I don't know.
0: Well, what Joe Barry's alluding to is much like people used to complain about, you know, uh, A.J. Hawk is, yeah, you're making all the tackles, but you're making them downfield. So I never want to discount a you know 20-tackle game or whatever it was. In essence, is what he's saying. It's great he made all those tackles, but maybe he's not in the right place at the right time, or he's downfield, and he's part of the problem when it comes to run defense, where instead of getting a guy up front and hitting the hole, you're getting a guy five yards downfield already after he's picked up the first down, and that might be what he's alluding to. So we'll see. And it's been one of Quay Walker's bugaboos. He has been better this year. That you can't uh, you can't negate that, but I mean, for a while it was you need a you need a linebacker that can cover, and so now you got a linebacker that can cover. But oh by the way, everybody now wants a linebacker that can stuff the run. Great linebackers are tough to come by. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but he's he he does have to be better against the run, no doubt. But then again, you know, as Joe Barry, uh, if you watch his defensive scheme, he doesn't protect him. When you're playing middle linebacker and there's nobody in the middle, that means you've got a center or a guard bearing down on you on damn near every play because you're in nickel, and now instead of putting a true nose tackle out there and like Kenny Clark, you've got T.J. Slayton, who you're pulling off the field. You're sticking Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt out between the guards and the the tackles, which means the whole middle of the field you've got to cover. So philosophically, I understand it because you'd like to have that linebacker shoot one of those gaps and be able to stuff the run. And get out their block, but he he's not good at getting off of blocks, and you're not giving him any help. So you know, who's at fault, Quay Walker or Joe Barry for the scheme that he's running? And uh, there were, but then again, I will say Joe put four down linemen uh, on down near the goal line uh, again in the Lions game, and I thought, okay, now we're gonna see, are they gonna be able to stay? And they got completely demolished, completely demolished. So much so to, to that they all broke to the left the play came to the right there was nobody to set the edge and they walked into the end zone i mean it was just it was a horrific play against what should have been a defense that was called to stop that play and nobody set the edge everybody got blocked and nobody did their job so you know it's
1: kind of like chicken or the egg i mean is it the call or is it the defense If if, players in the field, yeah. If Quay Walker's making the tackles down the field. I I mean, he's being put there by Joe Barry. When they drafted Quay Walker, my first thought was, Bill, move him everywhere. Let him rush the passer. Let him line up inside because he's this great athlete. And I'm not comparing him to Micah Parsons because Micah Parsons is ridiculous. But you would think that the Cowboys were wasting Micah Parsons if they just lined him up in the middle and had him make tackles eight or nine yards down the field. I wish they would let Quay rush the passer a little bit because I think he's one of their better athletes.
0: Faster, that's for sure. He's got more speed. But the, the one fear is is that if he just starts rushing the passer and gets locked up all the time because he doesn't have a move to get off of a lineman, then he's just going to be nothing more than a speedy paperweight that's standing in the middle of the field with a guy matched up on him. and doesn't, Because he's not a double-team guy. You don't need to double-team him. You just need a single lineman just to kind of like hook him and lock him up, and he's done. And that's the big thing for Quay Walker is he needs to get a move or two or five. He needs to figure something out. He can't just stand upright and then get locked up on a guy and then turn and run and drag the ball carrier down from behind. And that's part of the problem. He gets credit for the tackle, but he's also doing it on the run downfield. What he needs to do is be able to shed the block and then get to the get to the line of scrimmage and stuff the run in the hole. And that's not what he's doing consist. He has done it. It's been better this year, but he's not doing it consistently when you go back and kind of watch him. So Uh, We'll we'll get a lot more of the breakdown from Eric Branchak of the Green Bay Press-Gazette coming up here in about 45 minutes. But that's one of the arguments with Quay Walker. And I I, I understand it. I don't necessarily agree with all of it because everybody just wants to blame it on on Quay Walker. And it's like, no, no, you can't do that. But I I think Quay Walker for a a year and a half in hasn't been bad. And he is a tackling machine. He's not afraid to go get somebody. He just can't get off the block. And that's been his problem. 877, 867, 1670, 877, JJ says we need a few safety blitzes. We never see that anymore. True. Uh, who was the last nasty scare the hell out of you offensive and defensive player Green Bay's had? I think the last real nasty player was probably Clay Matthews because of his speed and his ability to rush the passer. Before that, you go back to Reggie and. The the guys in that ninety six defense. You know, that that was a defense that was probably the last nasty I'll punch you in the mouth. It's so hard your mom hurts type of defense. That's the last time this team's had that kind of defense. So I you know, when you talk about just nasty, the Packers that won the Super Bowl were a good defense and they knew how to take the ball away in big moments. Um the last nasty defense was the defense that would punch you in the mouth and that was Going back to all the beef that they had up front, and Reggie on the outside, and Gilbert and Santana, everybody on the inside, and, yeah, that was that was the last one. And the last guy that scared the hell out of you was probably Chuck Cecil. You're right, Rick. Yeah. Um, Michael says the Super Bowl team had A.J. Hawk as well. He was underrated because he wasn't afraid to take on blocks, so Clay could eat, and he definitely wasn't afraid to tackle. No, but what uh, A.J. was was a step slower uh, when he first came into the league, he was sideline to sideline. He was all over the place. And then they started to utilize him more just in the middle. And it really wasn't his best forte. But but I'll say this. He was a very smart player, a very intuitive player. And he knew where to be, when to be. Uh, did, wasn't always the fastest, that's for sure, but knew where to be and when to be. And one of the things, and you're right, what he did is he did take on a lot of blocks. And he did make a lot of downfield tackles. That was always the knock on him. But he was part of the linchpin of that trade that would have brought Marshawn Lynch to Green Bay. And Ted Thompson wouldn't do it. And thank God he didn't. Thank God he didn't because they needed – that. A.J. Hawk had his best season that year. That was his best year. And that's between him and Clay and Charles Woodson and Nick Collins coming on. And then obviously
1: the beef up front, the five man rotation up front, that's what made that defense go. So something to consider, Bill, and, and maybe this is the, the crux of the Packers' defense. I've said this on my show. I think they have a lot of very good players. Like I think Jair and Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark are very good. I'm not convinced they have any great players, like absolute right. game record. Like Clay Matthews in 2010 could blow up a game in the most important yep. moment, the biggest moment. I don't know if the Packers defense got a lot of good players. I don't know if they have a guy like that and that holds them back, I think, not having that one special guy.
0: I uh, I would agree and the thing with Jair is he can't catch. He he just he can't he he can pass defend all day long, which is really what he's being paid to do. But he's he didn't even come into the league as a guy that was an interception machine. He had a few, but he's he's never been that guy. Which is why you know, it's so frustrating because there are times when you see the ball and it's just there. All you got to do is pull it down and they don't. And that's one of the things that's frustrating because you have opportunities to change the game and they haven't. And that's been part of the problem. But Jair is really good defensively speaking, but he is not a, an interception machine. You'd probably, if You'd probably say that Rudy Ford is a better pass catcher than Jair is. Rudy Ford's got decent hands. Rasul has decent hands. Jair does not. Jair could spend five months on the jugs machine just to get himself better. And just that's all he ever did is just try to catch. Because he's so good with one hand. The other hand's usually hand fighting. He's usually tugging on a jersey and, and slapping hands down, and it's the hand fighting, which is legal, and they do it. But he's good at it. But he's not a pass catcher back there. And I agree with you. Uh, Charles Woodson not only used to love to hit you, but he, he'd come down with the foot. He had sticky hands, man. He'd come down with the football. He'd fight for the ball. He he had almost, Charles Woodson had almost a wide receiver mentality where he was going to go get the ball, and that's what he did. Whereas Jair has the I'm going to knock it down and you're not going to catch it mentality. Uh eight seven seven, eight six, seven, sixteen seventy. hit us up, uh, give us a shout. Uh, this weekend, did you by chance make it? Did you uh, make it to Buzzard Billies at all?
1: Grant. I did. We were down around Pearl Street. Did you really? On good Fra- for you. Oh, oh, yeah. I always see our friends at Buzzard Billy's. Okay, good for you. Good for you. Hey, by the way, speaking
0: of that, uh, I did get notification last night because, you know, we always do the big uh, you know, we sponsors and all that stuff and the friends and the big Christmas party. Uh, I got word last night that uh, Carmen and Rob from Buzzard Billy's are actually coming into town for that weekend for the Christmas party.
1: Just throwing it out there. So I'm going to have to come <laughs> and dance. Aren't I? Yeah, I'm gonna have to be there. It's
0: uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it is it's growing, and uh, yeah, it's it's getting getting pretty obnoxiously big, which is good. It's fun, and the we got a block of rooms now that's grown to twenty something rooms, I think, uh, up the street from the house. So I was yeah, just gonna like sleep in my hotel. car
1: if that's cool in the driveway. Save a little. No, we're money.
0: actually and and this year I think um, when it comes to that we're actually running shuttles. That's how big it's gotten where we have to run shuttles to and from the house so nobody has to drink and drive, which is a responsible thing to do. But anyway, I mean, so getting back to it, Buzzard Billy's, I know it was a big weekend for them. Uh, I got a few people that had said they stopped in, never had been there before or or upstairs to the Starlight Lounge. So thanks for the heads up. Really cool stuff. And uh, thanks to Buzzard Billy's for being a part of the program. Great food. Even cooler place upstairs in the Starlight Lounge. If you want to go out for some uh, graphic, crafted martinis and cocktails, great place right there on Pearl Street and Lacrosse. So stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up.
2: Thanks, John Coon. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass.
0: No interference on that play, Coach.
2: And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go.
0: Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on on this Monday. Are you enjoying your Monday? Going to talk some NFL surprises coming up here in a little bit just after the top of the hour. Stay tuned. Brewers now getting ready for uh, their postseason to get underway. They got the Arizona Diamondbacks coming to town tomorrow down at American Family Field. A little bit of a light workout today, and then it all gets real starting tomorrow. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Sunset Grill in Pewaukee Lake. Banna was beautiful over there this weekend. Uh, was cruising around Pewaukee Lake a little bit. And uh, over there on Prospect Avenue, beautiful over there. If you're going to maybe go over there and watch the Monday night game tonight, you can do that. Brewers game tomorrow night. I know it's going to be warm all the way through, I think, Thursday. And after that, boy, we go uh, right into the dumper. We go highs of 50. So uh, get out and enjoy the weather while you can. That's for sure. Um, the, uh, I, I'm going to get to the phone calls in just a second, but Ben Fennell, uh, now you, you just sent me this, um, uh, Grant, and I saw this cross, but Ben Fennell, there was a, there was a quote from Matt LaFleur where Matt LaFleur says that, um, he, uh, uh how did he put it? He said, uh, I know we like to keep a shell on our defense, but there are times we have to break that. And they show an example of a fourth and one. And as they do that, uh, you've got your safeties and your corners way out. It's, you know, 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. And But if you look, there's six guys rushing up the gut. There's six helmets on the line of scrimmage with Quay Walker guarding the middle, six of them, and they still picked up seven yards. That's the amazing thing about this is six rushers all on the line, and the only hole is between the center and the left guard, or, yeah, the left guard. And Quay Walker's going to shoot that gap and still miss that tackle. I I know that play because I thought to myself, they still rushed six people and could not stop the ball carrier. That's how bad that defense was. You've got guys stunting on the inside, Uh, T.J. Slayton and Devontae Wyatt stunning on the inside. Uh, uh, Kenny Clark is on the – I think it's the left guard. And you've got a spot between the guard – or not Devontae Campbell. You've got the other linebacker coming up the gut and Quay Walker now in run-stop mode. And they still picked up seven yards, and that was drugged down by the secondary. That's, you know – and it's not a terrible defense to call. Because you do have to guard over the top. you don't want to just you know open it up and let them you know kind of give you a play fake and then toss one past you. but six guys in the six guys in a line of scrimmage, including your middle linebacker shooting the gap and you still can't stop the ball carrier. That's why when sometimes you look at it, you go defense and tackling sometimes it's just a will, it's a state of mind. you you just have to be kind of like playing the game with a reckless abandon. So let's do this. we're gonna step away. Top of the hour here. We're going to come back. I'll get your phone call, so if you're on hold, stay right where you're at. Just give me a minute and a half. And then we want to look at some of the NFL surprises, both positive and negative. You got the Brewers getting ready for the Arizona Diamondbacks and American Family Field light workout happening today. Craig Council, mum on his future. And Damian Lillard's been introduced to Bucks fans. A lot of stuff going on in the state. A lot of stuff. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up right after this.